On today's episode of the Gripe Session Podcast, we welcome former New York Met, Kevin Baez. It's Gripe Session time with your host, George Wanaka. It's about nothing. Discussing everything from real estate, current events, a little bit of everything, and the annoying little things that just tick you off. You can't handle the truth. What? 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 Here's your host, George Wanaka. Better call somebody. What's up, everybody? How we doing today? Welcome to today's edition of the Gripe Session Podcast. And unfortunately, we are still in the midst of our coronavirus pandemic, although parts of New York have already started phase one. So those of you that are listening in New York, hope you guys and girls stay safe. Um, but unfortunately, even though we're starting to make some progress, we still don't have baseball. And for those of you that are missing that, you know, baseball feel, which is in the air at this time of year. Today, we're going to have a conversation with former New York Met Kevin Baez. I met Kevin down at New York Mets Fantasy Camp, which you've obviously the last few weeks, you've been hearing me talk to a lot of my coaches down there or people that have coached. Um, not necessarily me, but Kevin's a really, really good guy. And, you know, it's real interesting to sit down with some of these former players and have a conversation about their career. Um, what do they think about what's going on nowadays and uh, and such? So without any further ado, here's Kevin. Okay, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of the Gripe Session podcast. And today we have you know, we didn't do a, one last week and because of some scheduling conflicts and things came up and one that we're keeping definitely, unfortunately, we're still in a coronavirus uh, phase, whatever. I don't even know what phase we're in anymore. It's, it's a little nuts. So we're, we're still, but the most important thing is, or least important is we don't have baseball right now. So for those of you that are missing baseball, as much as I am, we've got another coach from Mets Fantasy Camp with us today. We've got Mr. Kevin Baez, former New York Met. Kevin, tell everybody what's up. Hey, everybody. Glad to be on with you. Wanaka, good to be with you. All right, listen, we appreciate you coming on. We, we, got, you, we got you finally on here. We've been talking about this for, for a while now. So, yeah. so KB, tell everybody a little bit about, um, you know, how did your career get started uh, give them a little, you know, kind of synopsis about your career Five. and how you used to play in ball and stuff like that. All right. Well, I, I grew up in Brooklyn, uh, New York, uh, you know, playing the playgrounds in the Marine Park area where everybody plays. I uh, grew up in the uh, Gil Hodges Little League, went to Lafayette High School, uh, uh, then proceeded to go to college at Dominican College up in Rockland County, New York. Uh, got drafted in 1988 by the New York Mets and uh, – Made my major league debut in uh, September of 1990. Okay, and you played how many? You played three years with the Mets or four years yeah. with the Mets? Three years, uh, uh, 90, 92, and 93 okay. was uh, 93 was the most most of the year. Uh, 91, I got hurt and I was out for the whole year, and I was just up and down the last couple of those uh, 90 and 92. Okay, yep. great, great. So as you were as you were coming up. Um, obviously through the ranks between high school and, and obviously into college and things of that nature for, for those of the, for those of the boys that, that listen to, and I have a lot of former players of mine uh, from little league to travel ball. They listen to the podcast. 
what what kind of advice or what would you what would what happened to you or what take, take them through your process on how on what kind of work you had to put in to try to get to that level yeah i mean uh one thing i, I did as at a, at a young age play multiple sports uh so i definitely encourage and recommend uh players at a young age to play multiple sports whatever it might be for for me it was uh it was basketball and baseball uh Played, uh, you know, my church league, St. Mary's Mother of Jesus in Brooklyn. Uh, played high school basketball. I uh, was a pretty decent basketball player, too. And then, uh, obviously, uh, played baseball for Lafayette. And just, you know, just I, I remember just getting better and better. But more importantly, I remember putting in the work and uh, enjoying uh, the work. And, and, and I tell everybody to this day, uh, you know, I was good in high school, but I got better and better. I wasn't one of the better kids on, on, on the team. I was just – a good player. I wasn't mm -hmm. uh, staying up. Uh, went to college, and I remember my freshman year, after my freshman year, I remember dedicating that sophomore year, winter, uh, just working out, hitting the weights, uh, uh, going to the cages, and just and dedicating myself. And I remember the next year, I had a really good year, and I just, you know, I don't know if that's a coincidence, but I do know, you know, the work uh, definitely paid off. Okay. So, see, it's funny. I spoke to um, one of the other guys, uh, one of the other former coaches in camp, one of your uh, colleagues, and I, I'm almost probable, um, I'm almost positive it was Lenny or and or Turk that both said the exact same thing, which is, you know, nowadays kids they're like talking about kids about picking a sport and staying with yeah. that, but the problem is, is your muscles as a young person only when they're only being built up for that one sport you've got yeah. a higher degree of getting hurt for lack of a better term. And you're not building up any of the other muscles doing other things. So right. um, it's, it, that's now you're like the third person who's actually said the exact same thing. So it's always good to on the off season, play a different sport, get other muscles involved. So you could potentially be a stronger player. So that's another good piece of advice that we've not only now heard three different times. So that's pretty, that's pretty good. Yeah. It definitely. So, uh, I have two boys, a 14 year old and a nine year old. And I encourage them to play multiple sports. So uh, whatever they like to play, they play. And, and uh, you know, uh, I think it's good to become an athlete first. And then uh, as they get a little older, I'm sure they're going to have to fine tune, uh, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, whatever the sport they choose, uh, to stay into the high school and college uh, ranks a little bit more. Sure. So talk about what would you say, you know, you, you were in the league for a couple of years. If you had to pinpoint some of your most favorite moments in in the big leagues or, you know, your highlights, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> what would you label those things as? Well, give well me, if you have more than one, I'd love to hear a couple. Yeah, they're not too many because obviously I was a short-term a short uh, <laughs> ball player in the major leagues. But uh, especially now that I got, I'm older now, I really reflect and uh, – and appreciate it, you know, a kid from uh, Brooklyn uh, growing up, not too many guys made it to the big leagues. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be one of them uh, to make it. But uh, my fondest memory is, uh, you know, my first day getting the call, uh, 1990, September 3rd. Uh, I get the call uh, from Jackson, Mississippi, double A uh, with the New York Mets. And then they got called up to St. Louis and walked on the field. And next thing I know, I'm watching Ozzie Smith taking ground balls in practice. And as a, obviously as a shortstop, uh, I looked up to him, and uh, uh, it was incredible just to be on the same field uh, uh, with Ozzy. And uh, and then just my, my debut that day was just uh, an awe and something I'll never forget other than my first major league hit, which took place in uh, 
couple of days later in uh, Pittsburgh, okay. uh, double down the right field line. And uh, just those are the things that you just don't forget. Okay. Was that three rivers or was that the new ballpark? No, that's three. That's three rivers. Turf field. <laughs> Turf field. Wow. A Tomlin, a lefty, a double down the right field line. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, hey, listen, we all remember those good shots that we get every once in a while. So, uh, so if you – that's probably not a good question, but did you ever have a favorite teammate? You know what? Uh, you, had, you, had, you had your guys that you got along with well, but you do, did understand that, you know, every year, you know, I could be gone, some other kid could be gone. Uh, you just try to be the best possible teammate you can. But to answer your question – uh, the couple of guys that came to my wedding were uh, Eric Hillman, Pete Shurick, uh, Todd Hundley, and Johnny Franco. So uh, a couple of guys I invited, but they couldn't make it. So, uh, but, you know, you become close and uh, you build friendships and long-term friendships. That's one of the things that, you know, uh, talking about the Mets Fantasy Camp, it's great to go there and see some of your ex-teammates and, and even some of the other guys that you looked up to in 69 Mets and 86 Mets. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, you just become you become family, and that's one thing that uh, I attribute to, uh, you know, going to the Mets fantasy camp. And it's just been a, a blessing, and I enjoy going and meeting guys, make develop friendships with you guys, and uh, just it's a lot of fun for us. And that's one thing that you know, you guys are playing and competing, but it's also a lot of fun for us to uh, to coach you and actually at the end of the week uh, play against you guys as well. Well, I still haven't played against you guys yet. So I'm a little – two years I've been there, and I still haven't done that yet. So, but Maybe you're a jinx. I don't know. I, 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 it must be. I think it's a, that's actually we, – we actually refer to that as the Wanaka jinx nowadays. But, uh, but that being said, and it's funny, Pete Shurik was my, was my first coach with Tank last year. So I, I, uh, I love yeah. Pete. We're going to try to see if I can get Pete on, on this podcast as well. Super guy, super talented guy, uh, athletic, and a super teammate. Yeah, he's he's awesome. So, you know, it, it's funny you talked about Mets Fantasy Camp, which is actually a perfect segue kind of right into uh, the conversation that I pretty much talked to every coach um, from Fantasy Camp and every person that's come on this, from Doc to Mookie and, and Tank and Turk and, and a bunch of the other guys already. Um, so we've – being as a uh, somebody who's obviously made done the boyhood dream, right? You've reached the major leagues, you reached the pinnacle. Um, you know, even though you were there for a short time and three years, but you got there, which a lot of us, basically none of us, have ever gotten there. Coming into fantasy camp, right? Uh, or as if I don't do it, I'm going to get yelled at. Mets family camp, okay, Scalabrino. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick, I, Nick, this is another time. You're getting another <laughs> shout-out in a podcast. I don't want to hear about it now. I like that, actually. I like uh, that. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of us have been referring to that for a, lo- a long time, but Nick was the first one to say, I, I'm claiming it. That's it. I was the one that said it. Heck with you <laughs> also. But I'm giving Nick the, I'm giving Nick the credit because we know Nick sometimes, you know, you got to watch out for Nick because, you know, he gets a little emotional. And we don't want to, you know, we fear the beard. But anyway, let's get away from Nick for a minute because – his head's going to get too big. But um, so when you go down to um, fantasy slash family camp, how do you guys feel when you come watch essentially or coach us hacks 
uh, coming to play the game that you guys have done for, you know, you reach that level and you come down and watch us go, <laughs> really? Like, uh, I, I, I know what you're saying. And you know what? My first year, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. these guys down here, these guys are, some of them are doctors, lawyers, real estate guys, and whoever they do, just. I'm you, the real estate guy. Real estate guy. <laughs> you know, uh, that's what I put in there. But, uh, you know, these guys who come down, they pay money to come down and play and compete. One thing that I noticed, the competitiveness of these players, uh, and I love it. And, that, and that's one thing. That I, and, and after my first year, obviously, I knew what to expect uh, moving forward. Mm -hmm. But love of the game, the passion, uh, it's exciting. And, 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 I, and I tell these guys all the time, I'm inspired by you guys. And that's why I love going, again, meeting these guys and, and developing relationships. And uh, we, we go out to dinner. And we, not only just fantasy camp, you know, throughout the year, whether they, you know, I managed uh, the Boulders uh, last couple of years. Before mm -hmm. that, I was with the Ducks. And uh, a lot of guys would come to games, and you know, just good to see guys. And uh, and now we get to see a little bit more because we're doing the KB baseball uh, every weekend here. So, uh, but you know, just to uh, you know, just excited to see the, the passion that you guys have, uh, and and more importantly, the competitiveness. Okay, so you know, you you, you definitely talked about KB baseball, and uh, so the <laughs> the one question that 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 I have at least right now is. Um, did you ever get your website URL back yet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Me and Figgy uh, worked it out. We had the lawyer uh, in the bar in St. Lucie, and uh, we worked out the details then. You worked out the details? Yeah. Well, I just saw him on Sunday, and I said to him, I said, did you give him his website back yet? <laughs> he goes, nope. <laughs> I said, okay. I'm like, come on, dude. I, you know, you held it hostage long I enough. Worked, I think we worked it out. I think it was all done over a drink. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll see. But, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. See, the one thing that, that, that I always enjoy, um, or for me, again, last year I was a rookie. This year, you know, I was a sophomore um, coming into camp. The one thing that I've appreciated about camp, um, and like you said, about for the, from the competitiveness standpoint, is it's made me want to stay in shape all sure. year. Yeah. Right. So like three months prior to I'm working out like a fiend, I'm, you know, trying to eat right, trying to keep my weight down, not get too big or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, which is harder to do as you get older. Let's be frank. Yeah. Um, but now, um, granted, we're playing in a, in a tournament in um, September, uh, October with a bunch of guys from, from camp, which obviously you're, you're gonna actually coincidentally going to be one of the coaches. Yeah. And that just made me say, Oh, wait a minute. I got to be ready for that <laughs> as well as be ready for January. So, because I don't want to embarrass myself, even though I kind of embarrassed myself this year a little bit in camp this year, but that's a whole other story. Um, which, you know, we've, we've, we've talked about on other podcasts as well. But um, that being said, it's a lot, it, it, for me, it's, it's actually motivated and focused me to, you know, stay with things, stay disciplined with things. We all have those days where we get up and go, I don't want to do this today. Like, I don't want to go work out. And I was like, that's how many days left. Yeah, that's I good. Kind of do one of those things. So uh, I've appreciated camp for that. And the other thing is like, like Scalabrino says, it's like a family. Like there are guys that I've talked to at least once a week from camp sure. since we've left. Yeah. Wow. A bunch of us play uh, cards Friday night online. Oh, wow. And we have a Zoom on one side of the screen. 
and we have the poker on the other side of the screen and it's just constant chatter back and forth this week i think we actually had doug on uh doug played actually this is two weeks in a row doug's played with us um and then uh we've had figgy come on as a you know just as a just show up kind of thing um so you know it's it's the conversations and relationships that people have yeah it just like i can't sell it enough now i'm just trying to do it long enough that my son i can go and do this with and have him experience it that's oh. that's like my my goal right now is to try to say yeah. that that uh, when people ask me you know what's the mets fantasy camp like you know and it's you know and i always tell them you know what it's just until you do it you, you can't really put it into words okay you kind of do it and then like you said, you develop you know, the, the, the friendship, but the, the playing the baseball aspect, but the bonds and, and you, like you said, you, you develop a family and uh, it's just, yeah. I'm fortunate enough, this will be my 14th year doing it. Wow. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I just appreciate the opportunity. I look forward to it. Uh, and I just hope they keep asking me back. Yeah. You know, one of the things I tell everybody in, uh, about camp, and, and again, we always give Doug Dickey a, a very well-justified shout-out because Doug does a great job setting the camp up and making us feel like big leaguers for the week that we're there. But, you know, I knew a guy coming in who did it, who I play golf with, uh, with, with Chris Panza, and Chris said, you know, you're going to love it. You're going to, you know, uh, it's going to be, like, tremendous. You're going to be talking to these guys, like, all year. And I'm like <laughs> – yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? Okay. Yeah. If you if you say so, I'm sure that's what, what's going to happen. And he goes, I can't tell you enough about it. Yeah. And my rookie year, the first year, and I've told this to a couple of people, is, you know, after the first two days, we hadn't played a game, and I felt like I got my money's worth between seeing my uniform hanging in the locker, <laughs> which is the coolest yeah. damn thing in the world. Absolutely. Uh, to just the coaches, the training staff, the the clubbies, the everything. And you sit back and going. Yeah, this is this is pretty damn cool. <laughs> it is. You know? So, you know, shout out to 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 Doug Dickey again. Um, so you know, hopefully we'll have a we'll have another camp in, in January. Oh, we've got our fingers crossed because we don't know what's going on with this sure uh, with this virus, but hopefully everything works out. Um, what are you doing with yourself right now, KB? I mean, I know yeah. we all know you got KB baseball. <laughs> so what what besides KB baseball? <laughs> Well, right now, uh, yeah, the Boulders, uh, which is an independent team, which I managed uh, last year and was mm -hmm. going to manage again this year, uh, it's an independent team in the Frontier League. Uh, obviously, we're on hold. Everybody's on hold. Uh, so in the meantime, uh, the last two, three weeks or so, I've been doing a little KB baseball, just uh, going outside, uh, whether it's doing some of the Mets Fantasy Camp guys or doing uh, – I do a lot of lessons in the offseason, so a lot of the uh, – Parents and kids uh, ask me, hey, what, you know, can we do lessons outside still? So I try to do a couple here and there uh, throughout mm -hmm. the week. That's okay. it. Cool. Cool. Okay. So the last thing that I to, to kind of want to go into um, is the, st the status of baseball as, as we stand right now. Um, what are your – obviously, we're later, obviously, now in, in the virus and some of the other guests of this podcast. So, you know, nobody was sure if they were going to go down to Arizona. Um, yeah. They weren't sure if they were going to come up back to, back to the, their stadiums. Um, obviously, now we know, for the most part, the minor leagues are, from what everybody understands, is pretty much shut down. Um, where do you think 
you know, baseball is because we still, I mean, we've been hearing proposals back and forth. What do you think? What do you think our shot is for baseball this year? I wish I had a crystal ball. I'm, I'm an optimist. I'm hoping that they, they play. We need baseball in some capacity. Uh, but uh, I just, I don't have the, uh, an answer. Obviously no one has an answer until uh, either find a cure. I'm sure that that'll be the easy way, but they're not, anytime soon. So in the meantime, they got to do their social distances as best as possible. I know they heard where uh, obviously no fans, uh, no spitting, no seeds in the dugouts, uh, no showers in the lock in the clubhouse after games. So that should be fun. You know, at the end of the day, we want to be safe. So, so should we, you know, eliminate this year and then move to next year? You know, I don't want to say yes to that, but I mean, if it's for the safety of everybody, you know, to get in only two months of baseball, is it worth it? I don't know. I, I wish, but I do want to get back. Even speaking on my behalf of my my organization, my team, uh, we want to get back to play. But uh, you know, there's going to be no fans, and uh, depends on what the capacity of uh, they let us. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. I don't have a true answer. Yeah. No, it's, it, it is. I mean, there's, want, yeah, I want I want us to get back to play to play, but it just doesn't look good right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, the one thing is that they've talked about with the whole empty stadiums, um, you know, situation is, you know, if you were if you were back in the majors during this this time, right? And obviously, you know, the roar of the crowd is what some people sure. play off of and live off of, and it, the adrenaline rush, et cetera, et cetera. How would would you feel playing in a spot where there's just no fans? Well, I played in the minor leagues a long time. So, so, you, uh, <laughs> so you're trying to say you're accustomed to it? God <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you. Uh, thank you. Um, you know what? Uh, a little bit you're accustomed to it. You don't like it. You don't like when there's like nobody there and you, and you can hear just a couple of hecklers. Uh, you like the roar of the crowd. You like that atmosphere. Uh, it'll be difficult, but you know what? At the end of the day, both teams got to play in that, that, that environment. So uh, whoever makes it, uh, let them affect them, they, it will. But, you know, as long as we get to watch it on TV, I guess, uh, as far as the major league is, uh, mm-hmm. go, that's, that's good. But it'll be definitely different. There's no doubt about it. It'll be tough uh, adjustment, but this is the times. We got we to roll with the times. Coming from New York, and then playing in New York, how would how would you describe the feeling of playing in New York uh, when you hear some people say, "Oh, they couldn't play in New York yeah. um, because the pressures that are associated with it"? How did you how did you find out? Because you were from here, and then you were <laughs> fortunate enough to play here. Yeah, I knew already what I was getting into, but I grew up a Met fan. Uh, actually, grew up both, but uh, uh, a New Yorker basically, and I grew up a Met fan, so to get drafted by the Mets and get to the big leagues uh, as a New York Met uh, and, and play in Shea Stadium. And, uh, but I also know that no matter who you are or where you come from, yeah, for New York, they want me to do well. But I got booed. I got, you know, whatever. It's just part of the – they're passionate fans. They love it. They want you to do well. Uh, as long as you play the game the right way and hustle, I, I think they respect that. But obviously they want you to do well. Uh, but when you don't, if you do something that they don't like, they're going to let you know. And that's just, the passion is just incredible. And I played along, uh, you know, a lot of places and, uh, there's no place like New York. Great. 
So the, the last question, and again, we appreciate you for coming on today, KB. Um, the last question I have for you is the same question that I've asked, I ask every person, whether they're a baseball player or whether they're not a baseball player, when they come on to the Gripe Session podcast. So if, if Kevin Baez had one gripe, just one thing that really just ticks me off, like what are these people thinking? And it doesn't have to be baseball-related. Um, it could be you go to the bagel store and the guy takes forever to, to get your order right or he's given a debit card for a $2 item. Give, give him $2 cash. You don't have $2 cash. Who doesn't work out with that? It could be anything. What's the one thing that Kevin Baez goes, what's wrong with people? I, I just – I know. Maybe it's a New York thing. I, I just want – I get a gripe when, when people are just not nice. They just they don't have patience and they're just disrespectful. And sometimes, like you said, you brought up a good point. I was online the other day and, uh, and this guy was just getting frustrated because it was, it was taking a longer time. And he was, I seen him. I'm like, I just, I just don't get that, you know, especially nowadays. Um, just be patient, you know, uh, get along with one another. It's not that difficult. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. Little things like that. That that too gives me gripe that you don't we don't do it as, as as much as we should. Awesome, awesome. Well, again, KB, we definitely appreciate having you on today. Uh, taking a little bit of your time during this uh, this this pandemic to to come on and talk a little bit of baseball. Hopefully, people that listen to this will will get a, a you know at least a baseball fix for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but. You know, we hopefully will get back to baseball sometime soon. And, again, we, we thank you for coming on and uh, sharing a couple minutes with us today. My pleasure, Wanaka. Uh, everybody out there, stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, hopefully we get back to baseball real soon. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. All right, we'll see you. See you. Bye-bye. Well, that's all we have for today's edition of the Gripe Session Podcast. I want to thank my guest, Kevin Baez, for dropping in today. We definitely appreciate him coming in, talking baseball, a little bit about his career, and just a whole bunch of other topics as well. So that being said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Gripe Session Podcast. And hey, if you would do me a favor... Go on to that subscribe button and hit that subscribe button so anytime we get to come out with a new episode, you'll get notified right away. Also, in case you want to see some of these videos, some of these guys uh, that I've had on this episode of the Gripe Session, we actually have the video up. And if you go to my YouTube channel, Living in Staten Island, and hit the subscribe button, you'll get to see the live video of me talking to Kevin Baez, next week's guest, Jeff Innes. You've also seen Nelson Figueroa and a bunch of other guys. Indy Chavez is there as well. So do me a favor. Go on there. Hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel as well. And again, we appreciate you listening. If you would be so kind to give us a rate and review on the iTunes podcast, we would definitely appreciate it. And that being said, don't forget, do something nice for somebody that you wouldn't normally do. And we'll catch you on the next edition of The Gripe Session. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Gripe Session. Please follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.